Hello, everybody. I'm Mark Kennedy, and this is the Healthy Nomics Podcast, episode 33 with guest Dorothy Beal. Happy New Year, everybody. How's your running going? A special thank you to all of you that have recently left a podcast rating and review on iTunes. If you too want to support the show, I'd love it for you to leave one as well. It only takes a minute and it really helps new listeners find the show. If you're new to Healthy Nomics Podcast, this is typically an interview-based show where I talk to some of the best minds in running, from coaches to physios to nutritionists and even to the athletes themselves. Before we get into today's interview with Dorothy Beal, I wanted to see if anyone listening has tried out the popular Couch to 5K program and found it too challenging. If so, I've put together a free plan just for you. It addresses the three flaws or the three main flaws that I see in the Couch to 5K plan. If you want to go check out the plan, go to nuntorun.com and then click on the None to Run plan button on the top menu or simply just Google None to Run plan. Let's get into today's chat with Dorothy Beal. Dorothy Beal is a 35-year-old mother of three, a runner, 34-time marathon runner, and the creator of Miles Post. She is a certified Roadrunners Club of America and USATF Level 1 Certified Running Coach. Dorothy has been featured in many places, to name a few of them, Runner's World Magazine, Fitness Magazine, Competitor Magazine, Women's Health Magazine, Women's Running Magazine, and many more. Perhaps her best work is on her Instagram account, where she sends important messages to her followers about body positivity. You can learn more about Dorothy or connect with her at her website. That's mile-posts.com, M-I-L-E-P-O-S-T-S.com. On Twitter, she's at mileposts. And she's also on Facebook and Instagram, uh, Instagram being at Mileposts. In this episode, we talk about Dorothy's favorite marathon, how Dorothy got into running, body positivity and the message Dorothy is sharing with her community and daughter, how strength training helped Dorothy become more confident and improved her running, balancing a busy family life, career and running, Dorothy's favorite books and podcasts, tips to help you find motivation when you need it most, and much, much more. The show notes for today's episode will be at healthynomics.com slash 33. There you'll also be able to download the transcript for this show. Enjoy the episode, everybody. Welcome to the Healthy Nomics Podcast. Boosting your health and fitness IQ. One episode at a time. And now your host, Mark Kennedy. Welcome to the Healthy Nomics Podcast, Dorothy. I'm really pumped to have you on. Thank you. I'm excited to chat. Yeah, it's great. So I've been following you online for uh, for a long time. I'm trying to think how you came onto my radar, but um, I guess it's hard not to. You're, you're kind of all over the place in the running community. I see you, uh, you know, on social media. You've got a prolific blog, and uh, you've been featured on uh, in a few of the running magazines. So um, I'd love to um, just for the listeners and for myself, just find out a little bit about uh, you, sort of where you grew up, and um, yeah, your childhood, and then. Uh, segue it uh, into you know how you got started into running yeah i um i live in leesburg virginia which is about 45 minutes outside of washington dc um i've kind of been in the general area that i live in now my entire life i left for a little bit to go to college um in new jersey and kind of had intended to move to new york city and came home and then just never left <laughs> so um kind of been here ever since, but I didn't really do anything growing up um, athletic. Um, I guess I had like maybe one season of like youth sports, but sports weren't really things that um, anyone in my family did. 
So um, I didn't start running until I was essentially an adult. My mom suggested that running could change my life and that specifically a marathon could change my life. And at that point, I didn't really have anything to lose. I was kind of in that like post-collegiate um, time period where it's like, okay, now what do I want to do with the rest of my life? So I trained for a marathon and she was right. It changed my life and I haven't stopped running since. That's amazing. So, and I think I've got your tally of marathons, but uh, am I correct? Is it 35 or is it more? 34. 34. Okay. I give you one more. <laughs> I know. Give me that one more. Well, I'm 35. And so I like really, because I like numbers a lot, want to do one more marathon before my age changes. So my marathons can match my age, but, um, <laughs> nice. So, um, and what was the last marathon you ran? Was it in New York? Have you done one? Yeah, since? I just did New York and it was my first time doing, um, New York. It was such an incredible experience. Yeah. And how was that? Like, can you, can you explain to the listeners sort of what that's like? Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm, I, really like smaller races or so I tell myself anyways, um, just because logistically it's a little less stressful to kind of like um, show up at a high school and, and have your pre-race just like sitting in a gym and then walk outside and go run. Um, so I thought um, that New York was kind of going to be like a one and done type of thing, but it's absolutely amazing and kind of worth the logistics of how um, long it takes to get there in the morning and sitting around waiting for the race to start. Um, you can start on the top level of the bridge and I actually was on the lower level of the bridge. So while it was a cool experience, it kind of, I like want to go back and do it again. So I have kind of that um, epic start line that so many people associate with New York. Um, so what's the difference between the two bridges and the start, like, uh, or the two levels? So it's just, it, you don't get that kind of like, wow, I'm on a bridge feeling okay. like you start at the same time. Um, I mean, there's different waves, but you're just, you know, when you look up, it's like concrete above you, concrete below gotcha. you. Yeah. And I think it, it was a really foggy day that day. So it's not like you know, like I was paying attention to where I was running, but when I would glance out over the bridge, it was really foggy. So it just was kind of a different start than I had imagined, which is good because now I want to go back and run it again. Um, but it was just, it was exactly like people say, like the streets are just lined for 26.2 miles with people just, um, going crazy. Um, and cheering for you. It definitely, I, I like have a hard time putting it into words because everyone ahead of time was like, this is going to be one of the most amazing races you're ever going to run. I'm so excited for you. And I kind of was like, gosh, I really hope it lives up to this hype. You yeah. know, like everyone's been telling me how good it is. Like, what if it's not good? What if <laughs> I don't like it? Um, am I going to be letting people down? Um, but yeah, it totally lived up to everything and more. And then, you know, to run it the year that Shalane wins, yeah. just, I, I mean, it, it's it's hard to kind of like describe, but, I, you know, I hope I keep running marathons for a really long time. So eventually, I think a lot of them will blur together. But I know, like, there's no way to forget this one, you know? 
Yeah, you'll never forget that one. I, I've never run New York. I'd love to uh, one day, but um, yeah, I mean, just it's kind of like what you said. Like you just hear from everyone that how amazing it is, and you just yeah hope that it sort of lives up to what it's been pumped yeah. up to be. But it sounds yeah. like it does. It really does. And like I signed up the year that it got canceled and the next year you had a guaranteed entry um, if you wanted to run, but you had to pay the $250 entry fee again. So it would have been $500 to run it. And I was like, I draw the line (laughs) $500 for a marathon. Like give me that money back right now. So, um, So I chose not to run it, but in hindsight, I like knowing what I know now, I would have paid $500 for it. So, and I think some people do pay 500 bucks to run it, don't they? Or they raise raise money. Yeah. Yeah. I think, um, but that just goes to show you how good it is that, you know, you can charge an amount that seems somewhat crazy and people are lining up to get in, you know. Like, yeah, lining up to punish their body over twenty six miles yeah. and, and pay pay money to do it. So, so they're definitely doing something right. Yeah, exactly. So, um, I'd like to ask you too. So, how did you transition or get into writing uh, your blog, mileposts, and then um, I don't know if the coaching, you, like you got into coaching after, was that before that or? Yeah, so I um I, I didn't really know what I wanted to do with my life after college and and like I said my mom suggested I train for a marathon and and in the process of running that marathon I just realized that I really loved running and not just um like actually participating in it but really everything about it the sports and and expos and the apparel and just all the different aspects of running so um i applied for and got a job with brooks running and was um what i guess you would consider a technical representative so i would go to um specialty running shoe stores and kind of like explain the technology in the shoe and work events and stuff like that. Um, and then after that, I worked for another company called Moving Comfort that made um, was the first company to make women's um, specific running apparel. And they moved to the West Coast and, and I just had my first daughter and couldn't go. So um I had like a couple of other jobs after that, but just realized that I wanted to stay home with my kids and, and, and be the one that was raising them. Um, but at the same time, like I still wanted to be a part of the running community and I still wanted to be kind of like building my resume. So I started the blog just kind of like as a way to stay in contact with people or to kind of like stay relevant and I guess it was just like a stroke of luck because in 2009, like it was just when blogging was starting to become big, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And so I just got in, I guess you could say at the right time. I mean, I don't even really think at the time I realized what I was doing. Definitely over the next couple of years that followed, I was like, oh, wait, like I can actually turn this into something. Um, and I've always been like the business type. Like I I have tried to start before the blog multiple like small businesses. Um, 
and then just never really felt like kind of passionate about them. So this was a way to kind of like stay home with my kids and do what I love and make money and all that kind of combined. Um, the coaching, I got coaching certifications, not so much with the thought that I was going to coach people, but, um, you know, I think it's good to be educated on things. Mm -hmm. And I didn't, I, you know, I had all these people that were reading my blog and, and emailing me and coming to me for advice. And it was like, I really shouldn't be giving advice just from personal experience, you know, well, I'm personal experience is great, but, um, it, it is good to know the science behind things and, yeah. um, you know, all that jazz. So, um, I did a lot of coaching for a period of time and then realized that, um, it's a lot of work, yeah. like a lot of work. And I was just very personally invested in my athletes. And so I think I, I like gave too much of myself to it. Um, but then there were others that were kind of like falling through the cracks cause I was doing too much. So, um, I don't do much one-on-one -on -one coaching these days, but, um, but I am glad that I have the certification. Yeah, I know. Absolutely. Um, yeah, your blogging journey sounds a little bit like mine. Like I started my blog in 2000, around 2008 or nine as well. And um, I, I studied exercise science and kinesiology in university. And then, um, sorry, listeners, I'm boring. You've heard this story, but uh, <laughs> no, I'm interested. I'll, I'll tell you. Um, and then um, anyways, uh, long story short, I got in the finance industry where I work now, but I continued my blog just sort of as a, an outlet and passion to um, – stay engaged with the running community and, and for me like to give me reasons to look at some of the, you know the exercise science and uh stuff that that's that's happening so um yeah, and, and that's where it stands and i've done a little bit of coaching but uh i kind of like you it, it was kind of too much and um you know as i said i have a day job and um i do this podcast and help the beginner runners um just on my own time but i think i love it that way yeah i think also it's just um a, a blog is like a nice way to be able to like connect with like-minded people and not like drive everyone in your life nuts that like doesn't <laughs> yes. understand running, you know? Yeah. And while I absolutely love when like my friends or like even family members that don't get it, like take an interest in it at the same time, like it's, it's not the same, you know, like explaining stuff to them over and over is I, I just would rather not talk about running, you know? Yeah, exactly. And I've actually probably, I mean, you more than I, but I've, you know, met a few people that have actually like interviewed and stuff in person. And, uh, um, it's been really cool. Like in Toronto, I met a couple people in the, in the U S, um, for beers and stuff. And like, that's, that's been really neat. So, uh, my wife laughs whenever I say, Oh, my friend, so-and-so. And she's like, is that like an online friend? Like from your, <laughs> yeah. your blog or, you know, <laughs> Actually, it's really, it's, it, I think way back when it was so weird to meet people online, but I, now I meet people online all the time and like, I don't think it's weird at all. Yeah. A lot of my good friends are people that I met online and I've known for years. Um, you, you know, like uh, there are a lot of downsides to the internet, but the fact that it can bring you closer to people that like you might not have met in your life, you know, like it, who's, there's no way that 
everyone that is like you is going to live in the same city as you, you know? And so the internet just opens up all the possibility of, of like-minded people or people that if they lived right next door to you, you'd be best friends with, you know? Yep. Absolutely. But yeah, but I think sometimes my husband thinks I'm like a weirdo. He's he's like, wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, my my friend that I've never met before, and I'm gonna go visit them. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> he's like, um, okay. <laughs> um, okay, so um, I want to talk a little bit about your your Instagram account, some of the the images and messages you're sharing there, and I think a lot of it. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. Is about body positivity and um, I saw I saw one post in particular you you talked about your daughter and certain body image stuff so I'd love for you to talk a little bit about what you're what you're doing there because I do get a lot of emails from people who um, you know they struggle with um, body image or um, thinking they look funny when they run um, which which holds them back so I'd love for you to talk about that if you can Yeah. Um, I mean, if I'm being honest, like I've struggled on and off my entire life with like self-esteem issues and depression and social anxiety and a whole host of problems. And, and I, um, I wouldn't be where I am if it weren't for running. So, um, in a sense, running has saved me, but also kind of like helped me to figure out who I am. And I guess through Instagram and blogging and social media and all that, I just realized that, you know, the thoughts that I have about myself are not unique at all. You know, that there's just so many people out there that are struggling and for whatever reason, you know, maybe it was the way that they were brought up or, um, you know, maybe it's just negative images they see online. Um, but for whatever reason, you know, there's so many of us that, that struggle. Um, and I just wanted to do something about it, like to, to contribute in some tiny way. Um, you know, even if it just helps one person by sharing my story and saying, Hey, like, this is how I feel and it's okay to feel this way, um, you know, kind of makes it worth it. As it relates to my daughter, I think that um, the confidence that I have now or the ability to kind of combat negative voices when they creep in um, is because I'm her mom. I don't want her to grow up and have the same issues that I've had, you know, like I don't want her to have, um, to base her self-worth on a number or to have a distorted image of what she looks like, or to think that, you know, her entire value in life is based on what she looks like. So I kind of realized that like, I just had to, if I didn't want her to have that life, then I had to to change my life and change my views. Um, so, and also in sharing it on Instagram, I think um, it continually helps me um, focus. You know, like if I share something on Instagram and I'm like, man, I'm really struggling today. Um, people cheer me on or helped me out and I can see you know, when there are kind of like negative thought patterns creeping back in that are just completely unrealistic. Um, 
what's the feedback been like with you sharing all this, uh, your stories and, and, yeah. and images? Has it been good? Or Well, actually, that that photo, the one of my daughter and I standing next to each other and I has um, the most impressions of any one of my Instagram photos ever. So oh, wow. I think... Um, can you I tell the listeners a bit about like what, what you shared there with people? Yeah. So in the photo, like, um, so my daughter has, you know, recently said things about the size of her thighs and kind of just comparing the two of us that like, we both have big thighs and it kind of just like struck me when she said that, because I wondered if I was the one that caused her to think that, like, I think I have big thighs. I complain about my thighs. They've always been the part of my body I like the least. And I just looked at her and it's like, she's my daughter. So to me, she's perfect. Like her body is so beautiful and she doesn't have big thighs, but even if she did, like her, her body is beautiful. Um, and so we just happened to be the photo that I shared is we happened to be kind of having like a mother daughter afternoon, um, after one of her soccer games and we were at a beat at a little beach area together. And, and I had taken a photograph of her and she had taken a photograph of me and kind of when I was scrolling back through them, it was like, oh my gosh, like we are the same. Like we look so similar. Mm-hmm. And so if I look at her body and think her body is beautiful and that she is amazing, like, why can't I look at my body and think that too, you know? Yep. And it's just, I think, you know, I have sons as well. So I'm not just going to say that, um, you know, this goes for girls, but parents, um, you, you oftentimes don't even realize how you're influencing your children, you know, like they're watching you, they see you when you, you know, if you look in the mirror and lift up your shirt and are judging your stomach or they hear you call yourself fat or, you know, you just have to be so careful with what you say and, and what you do because they are watching and learning from you. Yeah. They're sponges. Yeah. And it's, and, and that they are sponges, which is so incredible because if we as parents can get our kind of stuff together, you know, my daughter can, can absorb that. Like I, I love myself or I love my body or I appreciate myself for more than just looks, you know? Um, so it's really cool when you think about it in that sense. Um, and it also makes me, it makes it easier for me to be like, you know, you have to get your, your act together, not just for yourself, but for the sake of, of all of your children. So, yeah, well, thanks for sharing that. And, um, for the listeners, I'll, uh, I'll send a, a link around to, um, I'm assuming your Instagram is a public profile, correct? <laughs> It is. Yeah. Okay. So I can send people to to your profile. I just suggest they yeah. they follow you just uh, for motivation, inspiration, um, for running, and for life. I think it's awesome what you're doing there. Thank you. Um, and then was that the impetus? Then I know you've got this hashtag you use. Uh, I have a runner's body. Um, yeah. Yeah. So that kind of yeah, it's all kind of tied together. So when I started running, like I was overweight and not happy with life, and so that was part of my mom encouraging me to run was that she was trying to help me get healthy. Um, and I kind of took that healthy 
to an extreme um, and got down to 110 pounds, which wasn't a healthy weight for me or my body. And I don't think that um, I know that I wasn't the healthiest when I was that weight. Um, But at that weight, I felt like a runner and people knew that I ran. And when I would stand, you know, at the start line of a race, it was like, okay, well, I belong. Like I look like a runner, you know? And over time, like as I, you know, as I gained weight and my body sh- my body kind of shifted, I no longer got the comments that were like, oh, well, you look like a runner, you know? And it more so became disbelief of like, oh, wow, you run? Like, I always thought runners were supposed to be super skinny. And I'm not someone who is overweight by any means. And I personally believe that I look like a fit person. So I, it kind of just struck me that it's like, well, if I, as a fit person who isn't overweight, am getting these comments like, oh, you run? Like, what are people saying to anyone who's any bigger than me, you know? And I just found it so offensive because it's like, I continually in races get my butt kicked by women that are much larger than me, you know? And so I just felt that I, like I needed to take a stand and whether that stand was for just for me or for other people, like, I don't know, but I just felt like I had to say, like, I have a runner's body. And so do you, like, if you run, then you have a runner's body. It doesn't, it doesn't matter where you are in your journey. As soon as you decide that you are a runner, then your body is that of a runner. So I started the hashtag and, um, it was well received. And so I started, um, the Instagram account. I have a runner's body and, and I try to repost on that account, um, all sorts of different types of bodies. That's cool. Um, and, and that is not to say that, you know, um, I don't post pictures of this stereo, you know, what people think of a stereotype as a runner. Like those people are runners too. Like everyone is a runner and or everybody that runs is a runner. And and I just think that we um, as a society are hopefully moving towards a point where we stop judging people based on looks, you know? Yep. And I tell people all the time, like I hope 20 years from now, People are like, wait, you did what? Like, I have a runner's body. Like, what are you even talking about? Because I hope it's like something that's stupid, that it's like what people judged runners. Like, what? you know, like, I hope it's just dumb. I I hope it's in a sense like, so when I I ran Boston this year and I I got to meet Catherine Switzer and, you know, in her lifetime, like she was pushed off and tried to push off a marathon course because women weren't allowed to run in the Boston Marathon. And like, to me, that's like, what? Like, are you kidding? More women, um, don't quote me on this stat, but I'm pretty sure that more women than men participate in road races in the U.S. each year. Like the number I think is over 50% women um, in most races. So, you know, I kind of hope that's how it'll be um, with this body stuff. But in the meantime, I will just be, you know, one of many people that are are fighting for um, people to not judge others. 
Oh, thanks. Yeah, I hope it goes in that direction as well. Um, so as I mentioned earlier, my audience is mostly beginner runners. So I'd love to hear sort of what your advice would be or guiding principles you would have to, to people who are like just absolute newbies. Um, you know, maybe they've run before in the past, but maybe they're coming, you know, fresh into the sport. Maybe they're carrying more weight than they want. But, um, yeah, what advice do you have for, for new runners? Um, I think my biggest piece of advice would just be to not give up. Like it running is hard. I have been running marathons since 2003. Like it's still hard. (laughs) There are days that I am not sure I'll be able to run two miles, you know, where it's like, gosh, like, I don't know if I can do this. So I think as a new runner, like I wish I had known that that is just like a normal feeling and that it doesn't mean that I am terrible or that I'm never going to improve or that I should find another sport. Um, you know, it, I think I would have, I would have um, probably found running sooner um, had I realized, um, that it's, it's hard for everyone, you know, but it's so, it's so, so worth it. Um, and obviously I'm an example, but I think there are tons of examples out there of how running just can completely transform your life. Yeah, no, I agree. And I I like to tell people too, um, you never judge a run by the first 10 minutes because as you say, like even the most, seasoned veteran runners will often go out and you know feel terrible but um, many times it's happened to me I felt terrible but you know just I'll just keep going and I'll, I'll re regauge how I feel in a few minutes and then more often than not all of a sudden you're like oh actually I feel not bad and you keep going and you get a decent yeah. run in and you feel great about yourself I yeah so I often joke because the first three miles of every run I happen to think are the fir- are the worst three. So yes. I don't judge a run by the first three miles, yeah. but I realized that three miles was a very long distance for me um, at one point in my life. So your, your three might be three minutes or three blocks or whatever. Yep. Um, but yeah, and it's also like running kind of goes in waves. Like I think to myself whenever I feel terrible on a run, like I'm just at the part where the wave is crashing down. And like if I just hold out, I'm going to be at the top of the wave soon and I'm yeah. going to feel good. Um, but it's just kind of, you know, riding out those those lows. Um, yeah. And uh, what about <laughs> what about strength training? What um, Do you have any advice about strength training? Is it worth it? Should all runners be doing some strength I, training? And I'd love to hear I, what you do. <laughs> Yeah, I think it's totally worth it. Um, you know, and that is coming from that is my non-scientific advice. That is my just kind of like life advice as a person. Like strength training makes me feel strong, and who doesn't want to feel strong? Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I do it more now because as I'm getting older and I hate to say this because I know 35 is not old, but like my body feels a lot older than that <laughs> than when I was 25. And so the things that I could have gotten away with when I was 25, I can't really get away with now that I'm 35. So um, I do it so that I 
my body feels good on runs. Um, and I've been doing recently a lot of, um, kind of running specific routines where I'm strengthening certain muscles, um, that will help improve my form or, um, just give me, um, more strength in like the later miles of a race, um, so that my, my form kind of isn't breaking down. Um, what do I do? I do all sorts of stuff. Yeah, I what's mean, uh, what are someone new? I, I guess for me, like the way I started doing strength is I am a big fan of Jillian Michaels. Um, I know that's like old school, but I have like all of her DVDs, nice. <laughs> <laughs> and it was like just a good place to start because it was like someone showing me what to do. Um, now I have um. I have a coach that will come up with workouts and send them to me. And we do um, a couple of different ones. She kind of rotates them each month. Mm -hmm. But I also mix in like I get Women's Health Magazine and and um, we'll rip out whenever they have workouts in there. I'll rip them out and yep. tape them to the wall in my basement and then do them. Um, there's a plethora of information online, um, and in books. And I think, um, you just got to be proactive and try it. And again, it's the same with running. Like I told myself I was terrible at it and I was terrible at it, but you get better. And if you do it in the comfort of your own home, you can get better and no one's watching you, you, know? <laughs> yeah. you wear whatever you want. Exactly. Yeah. And I still prefer doing DVDs at my house um, than going to a gym. I don't know. I mean, I still um, sometimes um, old, uh, old insecurities. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I'm the, I'm the opposite. I'm, I, I'm terrible at home. If I, you know, say, oh, I'm going to do a workout at home. And then I'm like, I, yeah, it's just not the same. I, I don't know what it is. But like, I, if I'm at yeah. the gym, it just puts me in that mindset of like, okay, here we go. Yeah. Well, done. that's actually a really good point to make, like in running and in strength and all those kinds of things, like you have to find what works specifically for you, mm -hmm. you know, like working out at home may be great for me, but it, you know, it's can be terrible for somebody else. So I think just experimenting till you find what is good for you, you know? Yeah, exactly. Um, and what about uh, I know you're you're super busy you've you've got a, a career you're married you got three kids um how do you or what advice do you have for people that also struggle with you know finding the time just to fit runs in Yeah I mean it, it is hard and it's so cliche but it really is true like you have to make the time you know and for us and our family like we, I do work out, I do do my workouts at home because that eliminates having to the time of driving to the gym. Mm -hmm. We also, um, I guess it was maybe four or five years ago moved. And when we were moving, we specifically looked for houses that were on, um, my favorite running trail. Oh, nice. So I literally live on the trail. Like I look outside and I see people whizzing by on bikes or I hear people out there having conversations as they run. And that, that eliminated, um, you know, driving to the trail and, you know, everyone can't do that. You can't just up and move next to a trail or um, eliminate um, the need to drive places. But 
there are, I think if um, you kind of take stock of your life, I think there are places that you can kind of squeeze out time, Mm -hmm. you know? And um, I think depending on how busy you are, like you're going to have to bend, you know, like maybe you want to work out for an hour, but that's not realistic. So if you have 20 minutes and you can go hard for 20 minutes, then go hard for 20 minutes, you know? Um, But then also just giving yourself permission to not compare yourself to other people. There's, there's going to be people that are less busy than you or who seem busier than you, but also have time to fit it all in. Like, don't worry about what everybody else is doing. Like worry about you, you know, like it's great to take inspiration and example from people, but it's terrible if you start questioning, well, why can't I do that? Um, so, but yeah, my whole family's active. Like my kids, um, when they were little, I pushed them in a single double or a triple running stroller. Like they've been working out with me from day one. (laughs) So a triple stroller that you must have been in the shape of your life then with it. (laughs) You know what? I was in the shape of my life. In hindsight, I'm like, gosh, if only I knew. Yeah. Um, But yeah, I was never faster than when I was um, pushing that thing. Yeah. Eventually I had to quit because the three of them plus the stroller combined weighed more than I did. And so (laughs) it was like, if I had any sort of a tiny hill I needed to go up, it was just bad news. Um, Yeah. You'd be ready for your uh, climbing Everest with all that. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, it's just, it comes down to, you know, like, running and working out makes me feel good. And I'm not a nice person when I don't feel good. So it's important for me to make time and, and fit it in. Um, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, that's great. And what about motivation? Um, a lot of people struggle with getting motivated. Um, what's your advice for people struggling with motivation? I always think of the of how I feel after mm-hmm. because I mean I think I would naturally be a lazy person you know like I would like to just lay in bed <laughs> I would like to lay on a couch and and not um do stuff but like I the feeling after like you just feel so good and it can be exhilarating and even if it's a bad run it's like well, I fought through that, you know, um, and just, I think, um, I think that's like my main thing for motivation because there are plenty of days that I don't want to run, you know, like even today, I just, I didn't have to, I only had to run five miles, um, which shouldn't be hard for me, but I just didn't want to do it. But I did want to do it. You know, like if I didn't go, I knew I was going to be angry at myself. But at the same time, I was just like, I don't want to do this. So I just really focus on the after feeling. Um, And every run is one step closer to um, getting me to where I want to be. So. And where do you want to be? What's the, the, are you training for anything or what's the. Well, so where where I wanted to be used to be based on, you know, a race I was training for or something. But um, now, like, 
where I want to be sounds all like hippy dippy, but like I, I want to be at a place where I am happy and where I am at peace with myself and where um, I am a good person and making a difference in the world. And, and I believe that running um, helps me do that. So um, in terms of races, if I had to say where I wanted to be, I actually have no races on my calendar right now, which feels very strange to say. <laughs> yeah. Um, because I don't even know the last time that happened. But um, yeah, ideally, I'd love to sneak in one more marathon before I turn 36. So I have 35 and 35. Um, but at the same time, like I also would love if I could just run like 5Ks all year long next year um, and take a break from the marathon. Yeah. But the marathons are, I mean, I haven't done near what you've done, but I've, I've done uh, three, but, um, but yeah, they, they're kind of, I feel like when you're done, you're, yeah, you're kind of mentally drained as well as physically drained. And yeah. you need a, so I couldn't imagine, you know, having done 34 of them. So. Well, I find too that it's like the marathon is, it, it's like such a natural high, like, I am just so blissed out and happy when it's over. And in the days following, like, you just can't wipe the smile off of my face. But then I, like, crash where I'm – it's, like, such a high that then I fall to, like, such a low, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, So that's why I was thinking maybe 5Ks would kind of be, like, an even thing. Um, and also it's just fun. Like I am not, um, I am not at the speed that I could be like super competitive in a marathon, but, um, my pace is that, uh, I could be more competitive at like a 5k, you know, and that can be fun actually, you know, trying to race race. So who knows? I like the, possi- it. the possibilities are endless when it comes to running. Yep. Um, so we're nearing the end here. I don't want to take too much of your time, but uh, just a fun, quick one. So do you have any favorite um, – well, first of all, do you listen to music or podcasts when you run? I, I listen to podcasts all summer long. I've been listening to – What do you like? Um, so I'm really into like crime stuff. Okay. <laughs> so S town was good. Um, the ending was a little different than I thought it was going to be. Um, I'll just leave it at that. Okay. Um, criminal. I actually like how I built this, which yep. is not crime. Um, what other ones? Oh, some, somebody knows something, um, is another crime one. That's good. Um, yeah, I'm basically into like crime or business. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. So either, yeah. <laughs> uh, well, um, listen, I like yeah, how I built this. I definitely listened to. I like that one a lot. But the, those uh, the other ones, I'll have to check out. Yeah, it's it. It makes the like if you're doing a long run for some reason, podcasts like make the time go by really fast. Yeah, you just kind of get like sucked into the story. Um, yeah, they're good. Um, in terms of music, I've been listening to like a lot of electronic dance music lately, <laughs> which, um, 
is funny to me because I'm like a 35 year old mom of three. But, um, <laughs> my husband's always like, why is it like a club in our house? <laughs> um, but the beat of, but the, exactly the beat of it is so yeah. good for running. Um, and when I associate a song with like, when I have a good run with those songs, then I like listening to them, you know, in the car or in, in everyday life. Cause I'm like, Oh, I remember that <laughs> run was so good. Yeah. Um, and what about, um, yeah. any, any favorite, um, books, uh, related to running or they don't have to be related to health and fitness that you've read recently that you like or. Oh gosh, that's a tough one. Um, I don't know. I'm going to have to think on that one. I read so many books that I'm like, hmm. I'm going to have to think about it. Yeah, no worries. Fiction <laughs> yeah, or nonfiction do you read have mostly? I think of that. Um, mostly nonfiction. Yeah. yeah, like I read a lot of health books because um, I'm kind of a nerd about stuff like that. Um, the, mo the book I'm most excited to start reading, well, actually two of them, and I just posted them on my Instagram. Um, I really want to do a triathlon in 2018. Um, nice. I had planned to do one this year, and then some kid stuff got in the way. Um, so I – and I actually have it right here. It's called The Well-Built Triathlete. So I'm excited to start reading that. And then I also um, recently just got a book on um, – learning how to um put on like a road race so, so like road race management type of book um oh, cool yeah so um gonna read that and then might possibly take a course on that so very cool well um before we sign off here where can people go to find out more about you or if they want to follow you uh online um social yeah. media etc so all of my stuff um, is mileposts, M-I-L-E-P-O-S-T-S, -E um, or you can just search Dorothy Beal, and um, my stuff pops up. I'm pretty much the only 35-year-old Dorothy Beal <laughs> in the country, so um, so my stuff will pop up. But Or if you um, are interested in the I Have a Runner's Body stuff, you can search for that. Um, that is what it is on Instagram. Um, but yeah, pretty much once you find one platform, I kind of link to all of them together. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. I'll be sure to put links to everyone listening. And um, well, thank Dorothy, you. listen, thanks so much for uh, the time and then your expertise. Oh, thank you. And for everything you're, for you're doing out there for the running community. Thanks for listening to the Healthy Nomics Podcast at www.